You may be seated in the house. What an honor it is to have you tonight or this morning. As, as Karen said, I cannot wait till 265 of the North Georgia Revival with Pastor Matt Scott today. I want to just share something about Pastor Matt a few moments. I share with our team. He's a United Methodist pastor that is um, experiencing a move of God, a revival. And you know that he flowing with revival does not flow with the United Methodist Church. And I'm not being critical. I'm just telling you the facts. Uh, the United Methodist Church has become woke in every way and every fashion and every place. And they have embraced homosexual lifestyles, marrying uh, men and women of the same sex. And they have drawn a line in the sand. And those pastors that do not agree with that are uh, leaving United Methodist Church in droves. Yeah. And his church has chosen to pull out of the United Methodist Church. They have voted, and uh, there is an enormous cost for that and with that. And I just want you guys to know to be praying for Pastor Matt and his wonderful church called The Gathering Place in Moody, Alabama. I believe it is one of the uh, most outstanding churches in Birmingham, and they are seeing signs, wonders, and miracles. They're preaching the gospel. They're proclaiming the uncompromisable truth of God's word. They're not placating society. They're not afraid of preaching the infallible, inerrant word of God. And I am honored that he's going to be here tonight. I, I want to make sure that you are here tonight to support him, to be a source of encouragement because they made the, the decision this week and to pull out. And also there's an enormous financial price tag for that. Uh, in most United Methodist congregations, they own the property or they own uh, the facility that you are in that that congregation has paid for and debt free. And so now they're having to pay again to get out of the United Methodist Church. And uh, so I want you to be here. He needs some encouragement tonight. Come on now, somebody. He's coming loaded for bear, I'm telling you. He's coming loaded for bear. I, I am so excited that he's going to be here tonight because we're going to love on him. Week 265 of the North Georgia Revival. Signs and wonders are going to take place. I, I just met a lady last week uh, from Idaho and she brought five or four other ladies with her. I said, how did you hear about the North Georgia Revival? She said, well, one of my friends came here from Idaho that had five immune diseases and disorders. And um, she said when she got in the water, she was healed of all five and is completely well and completely whole. And, and, and so she came with four others to experience the Lord in the water for herself. I know that the intensity of the glory and the fire of God is going to be magnified this evening. I sense it in my spirit. There's spiritual um, battles going on in the atmosphere over Dawsonville and over our particular church and other churches. It's not unique to us. Dawsonville has the opportunity and has been a light for other communities and other churches. 
If God can move in Dawsonville, he can move anywhere along in the earth. Five years, unbelievable signs and wonders. A sense of brokenness and contrition among the people. Prayer is our priority. Seeking the face of God is our heartbeat. And living for him without compromise is our goal. God is attracted to that. I believe he loves what he sees in this room. And so I want to help you today as you turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. And as you're turning there, I want to read a scripture out of Matthew. But Hebrews chapter 11 will be our text today. Can somebody say amen? As well as 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. With men... This is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I want you to write a few things down. I'm going to lay a foundation for my message this morning on faith and blood. I want to talk about faith, and I want to talk about blood. Everybody say faith and blood. Say it again. Say faith and blood. Some of you are in some situations and some circumstances physically that you need a miracle. Others of us are going through some tough times financially and you need a miracle. Some of us in this room have family issues, marital issues, children that uh, are having struggles and problems as well, and we need a miracle. I want to discuss with you today how you on an on, on a individual basis can receive things from God, but I'm here to tell you it will not come easy. Faith and blood. Some things are simple, but it doesn't mean they're easy. Faith and blood. I want you to write this down as I talk about faith. Faith grows in an individual's life by multiple venues and mediums. Number one, faith comes by hearing. Your Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. But you have to understand that when Jesus walked the earth, there was no word of God outside of the Pentateuch and outside of the five books and maybe some prophets writings from here and there, but they didn't have the whole New Testament and they in fact had none of the New Testament and they had a lot of the books of the Old Testament were not in their daily reading. You understand what I'm saying? They would read Isaiah. They would read the prophets. They would read other books. But they didn't have the whole word like we have the word. You got it? So 
you have to understand that when the woman who had the issue of blood, it bled for 12 years, she had heard about what Jesus was doing. She didn't read about what Jesus was doing. She heard about what Jesus was doing. There was no gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So we are not limited in growing in our faith based solely upon reading the word of God, even though this is the key area of which our faith grows, reading what God said. Can I get an amen right there? How many of you are in agreement with that? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, and we believe that, but also faith can come by hearing and hearing testimonies. If you're walking through life and you have cancer in your body and we simply show on the screen somebody being healed of cancer, what does that do for you? It increases your hope, right? That if God did it for her or did it for him, he may or he can and possibly do it for me. So faith comes by hearing not only the word, which is our foundation, but faith also comes by hearing. Someone goes through a financial issue and, and they remain faithful in their giving, faithful in their tithe, and they were faithful in obeying the Lord when he said, give a special gift to someone. And all of a sudden now their needs are met. What does that do for you? It says, hmm, maybe I need to be more sensitive to the voice of God and be a giver. Faith comes by hearing, right? Now, number two, faith not only comes by hearing, but by seeing. Now, you got to be careful what you see, but if I see a gentleman or a lady like a few weeks ago come into this building in a wheelchair for 17 years, and I see with my own eyes when she gets immersed, she's immediately able to gain strength in her legs, stand up on her own, climb up the steps, climb down the steps, and begin to walk around the sanctuary. I'm here to tell you this morning that I, my faith is built because of what I just saw. Come on now, talk to me in this place. If I watched with my own eyes the little fella by the name of Reed get into these waters with 20 over 3200 vision, and I'm right there next to the pool, and I watch him come up out of the water and begin to have this look on his face of wonderment and amazement that now he can read the exit sign on the back of the building, and his face displays wonderment. All of a sudden, my faith is high. You've been in this room when some of you watched people get up out of chairs or perhaps having psoriasis and skin diseases and mental torments get free in the water. And I've watched some of you get on your phone and begin to call people that had that same situation and said, you need to get to the house of God right now. You need to get here right now. Why? Because your faith is high. Faith not only comes by hearing and seeing, but faith also comes by reading. Not only reading the word of God, but I can read another source, another example, and read about it, and my faith become active. 
As I'm reading what's going on in Asbury and at Texas A&M University and at Baylor University and other universities around the country, how revival's breaking out, I'm not only seeing it, I'm not only hearing it, but I'm also reading personal accounts of people's encounters with the Lord. Guess what happens? Now, all of a sudden, my faith is amplified. So faith comes by hearing, faith comes by seeing, faith comes by reading. Faith comes by being close enough to experience it as well. Nothing is impossible with God. Now, for the most part, we use faith for our benefit. And that's perfectly fine, our advantage, nothing wrong with this. But let me ask you this question. What if we use faith for his benefit? Because normally we pray, I need a breakthrough. I need more of this. I need this to be added. I need God to come through. And a lot of times our faith is exercised around our circle. The people that we know. What if we also not only used our faith for our benefit, but began to deploy faith for God's benefit? Hebrews chapter 11 is where I want you to go with me. The Bible says in verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Then the Bible talks about how faith was used. Mm -hmm. In all those patriarchs and matriarchs of the Old Testament. But I want you to look at verse 30. The Bible says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe, but when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and also of David, Samuel, and the prophets. But verse 33. Who through faith, through faith, not the providence of God, not the sovereignty of God, not the will of God, not because God's in control, but the Bible says in verse 33, but through faith, men and women subdued kingdoms, they worked righteousness, they obtained promises, and they stopped the mouths of lions. Not only that, but they quenched the violence of fire, and they escaped the edge of the sword, and out of weakness were made strong. They became valiant in battle and through faith 
turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Not because God is good, God is sovereign, God is in control, but because these men and these women knew how to operate and to release faith. Talk to me in this house. Awful quiet in here. You see, there's extremes on both ends. People have faith in their faith, and then there are others that have no faith, and the only faith that they have is that the will of God's going to be done no matter what. Both of them are in error. The truth somewhere lies in this book. I will not minimize. I will not lessen the impact and the effect that the faith that God's people have can alter the natural around us. Y'all not talking to me this morning. I want you to understand that you and I, according to the examples of the Old Testament and also of the New Testament, that faith is more than just having enough knowledge to believe that Jesus died on a cross and on the third day was resurrected and put my faith in him. There, there is a, a level of faith that goes beyond saving faith. And I think if we're impoverished in the church, I think it may be at this level of understanding the role that biblical faith plays in society and in the natural arena. Mm -hmm. And what is written in this book is not written to tease us or to dangle a carrot in front of us as if it's dangling in front of a donkey or something. And then there he is trying to forever catch this and he's on this pursuit and he never catches it. This is not something that God dangles in front of us to torment us. He gives us these examples because he says, I want you to believe that what I did in them that I also can do in you, to you, and through you. Hmm. Now look at this list again. There are basically 10 things that, that and, and there are many more in this chapter, but he, but he says this, he says, what more shall I say? And he gives us all of these examples in verse 32 that through faith subdued kingdoms. Do you mean it is possible that if there was a group of individuals that dared to believe God, that literally had this word embedded in their spirit to the point that they believed it and their hearts would fill with faith and they had a vision from God, that there are people that could gather together and through faith subdue kingdoms. I, I feel in my spirit the reason our culture is where it is and the reason the European culture is where it is, 
is because we, we begin to redefine the purpose of gathering together. We begin to understand and, and, and ask people what their feelings were. And we see people going through hard times and difficult times and, and people leaving the church and leaving the house of God. And, and so what we have done is we, we, we've wondered, why are people leaving the house of God? Here, let me ask you this question. Well, the church is boring. The church doesn't meet my needs. The church is not relevant to where I'm, uh, I'm living. The worship services are too long. And, 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 and they just gave us their list. And, and so we are starving for clients. So you're saying if I, if I did these things right here, you would come back to the church? Well, I'll think about it. And so we developed a system of doing church on the hopes that people that have left the house would somehow embrace this new version of church. We went through a makeover. We changed our deliveries. We made our platform like a concert stage. We dressed people up. We only, you had to weigh a certain and you couldn't, you had to be this tall and this is the way we want you to dress. And we color schemed and, and we organized every part and every facet in order to put forth a product that attracted people to the house of God. And then our teaching took on, let me tell you how to be a better person. Let me, let me help you make it through Monday. And Tuesday and Wednesday. So our sermons became a lot like life coaching. I'm gonna coach you. That's why I'm gonna coach you. So we supported the flesh areas of our lives. We undergirded it. Now walk with me here. I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just laying this out here. We, we literally propped up the flesh. We got bigger houses. We got nicer cars. We talked all the principles of increase. We talked about how three ways to be a better you and here's how to have a happy life and, and here's how to, to make it through all your struggles and, and everything. If you'll do this formula, if you'll follow this technique, if you'll go through these steps and, if, and let me just coach you through life in every phase of life. And people were attracted to this. But yet at the bottom of it all, the foundation is eroding away. We saw the soft underbelly of the church when COVID hit. Where were the techniques then? Where were the systems then? When were the steps there? And all of a sudden we realized we are an impotent people. And the world recognized this before the church did. When they called us non-essential. Can you imagine the government finding a group of people that could subdue kingdoms? And stop the mouths of lions and attain promises and works of righteousness 
They may cancel everybody else, but they wouldn't cancel that group. But no, we rolled over like a little Labrador retriever, rubbed my belly. We were like those goats that fainted when pressure comes. Talk to me. And so what has happened, we have, we, me, others, churches, have produced a generation of believers that expect to be spoon-fed spoon everything, and we are weak in the area of faith. We have to understand that sometimes God's not, listen, evil will win if the people of God don't do what they're supposed to do. Kingdoms will advance. Promises will not be realized. The mouths of lions will gobble up people. Me believing in the sovereignty of God and the, control, the, 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 the controllership of God that he's just going to work everything out, regardless of what I do or don't do, is devastating mindset. Your Bible doesn't teach this. There is that collaboration you talked about, that partnership, Karen, that I am working in unison with God. And God releases his will upon the earth, mostly through the people who are in compliance with his will. The Bible even says, will I come to the earth? Or will I ever find faith on the earth? People have said this about faith. Faith is the currency of heaven. Talk to me in this room. Look at this one more time. I like it. Verse 33. And everybody say, through faith. Subdued kingdoms. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I don't have time to read the scripture, but you can read it. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, Jehoshaphat is surrounded by three armies. Jehoshaphat is nervous. He's upset. He doesn't know what to do. But God says, Jehoshaphat, I don't need you to worry, for I'm going to win this battle. Now, all of us at that point would have just said, Whoo, hallelujah, Lord, you go do that. I'll stay right here. Let me know when the battle's won. But God instructed Jehoshaphat to go down and to stand in front of the three nations that were coming against him. Now, I don't like the odds three against one. Those are not good odds. I can, I, can just, I can just hear Jehoshaphat. If he's, if, it's, if he's like us, this is where I think he is. The Lord says, I'm going to win this battle for you, Jehoshaphat, but I need, you to, I need you to take your entire nation and I need you to go and stand in front of them. I said, Lord, let's check this. I thought, I thought you said this is your battle, not mine. All I need you to do, Jehoshaphat, is to have faith. 
I'm going to fight for you, but I need you to do something. In the morning, I need you to go down against them. Well, my response is, well, that's going to be a little uncomfortable. Why don't you do it, Lord? You said you would. Why do I have to do anything? Is it really necessary for me to go down there, Lord? You know that uh, I got some weaklings in my group, and they're going to panic. They're going to be afraid. And you just told me that you're going to handle it. This is going to be a little risky. Now listen to what I'm about to say, because this is going to set some of you free. Sometimes in the midst of our believing, God wants us to walk right to the toes of our opposition and to stand face to face with our enemy. To stand right up to our struggle. To come right up nose to nose with our fear. But the church has been conditioned, you believe in private, then let God handle it in public. You stay behind the scenes and you let God fight your battle. You hang out over here and just believe and God's will will be done out there. There are times that God says to us, I need you to understand I will win this war, but I need you to go out and stand in the face of your enemy. Talk to me in this place. Sometimes faith is an invisible war. Sometimes faith is exemplified in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Sometimes faith is a confrontation. Even in the midst of having faith, there can be loss, losing ground, a struggle, pain, discomfort. You and I have to get beyond the mindset that you and I can be in a war and not suffer pain and not lose blood and not struggle not be enveloped with fear the bullets will fly carnage all around us despair cries for help anxiety we must understand that faith is not a removal of those things faith stands strong in the middle when you're bleeding out when you have pain in your body when your child is away from God and seems to be further and further from God every single day Faith is not some simple proclamation in a closet alone. Faith is climbing up out of the closet and putting works with your faith and standing in the face of the enemy and say, here's what I believe. Walk up to the giant. Listen to his taunts. 
We're so weak in the body, not you guys, but the body of Christ is so weak that when we begin to hear those things, we shut our ears, close our eyes, and go, ba 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 No, sometimes you need to hear what the enemy's saying. Sometimes you need to see what the enemy is doing. Joshua woke up to the walls of Jericho. I told you I will collapse them, but I need you to do something. I need you to walk up to the very walls of Jer Jericho and even risk that the archers will throw arrows down on you. I need you to walk around this building in this room, if you will, or this, this, this city for six days. And then on the seventh day, seven times. And then I need you to give a shout. Well, Lord, that sounds so bizarre. My Bible teachers have, I just had faith and believed. Now, somebody's got to pick up the mountain and throw it into the sea. God's not going to pick up the mountain and throw it into the sea. By faith, he said, you shall speak to the mountain. Not God speak to the mountain. No, you come to the base of the mountain. You come to the base of, of the problems in your life. Whatever's going on in your life, you come to the base of the mountain. You get a word from God. This is what God says. And you speak to the mountain. And you tell the mountain, I will be here as long as it takes. This helping anybody this morning. Oh, come on. This helping anybody this morning. Look at this. Subdued kingdoms. Worked righteousness. Obtained promises. Stopped the mouths of lions. Quenched the violence of fire. Escaped what? The edge of the what? So out of weakness were made strong. Listen, listen. The Western church has propped us up and made us all soft. We're spoiled. We got some of the greatest Bible teachers standing up and telling us if we just make a couple proclamations, declare a thing and it will be so. And you do it from the safety of the other side of the wall. weakness were made strong became what in what valiant in what in battle turned to flight the armies of the aliens women received their dead raised to life again so it lets me know there's a lot of bloodshed in the midst of faith There's a lot of things that are going to go wrong. Your daughter's going to go crazy. Your wife may go bananas. Your pastor may lose his mind. You may get fired. You may get dismissed. The homeowners association may put a petition to kick you out of the neighborhood. But we've been taught so much in the, in, in the church that 
bad things don't happen to us. Just have faith. No, maybe because it's your faith that all these bad things are happening to you. And instead of retreating and running backward, you just mow right into it and say, my faith got me into this. My faith is going to get me out of this. In this culture, especially right now, in this culture, it's not going to be easy to be a Christ follower. It's going to become more and more difficult. Look at the next verse. Verse 36, I think. Others were tortured. Not accepting deliverance. Hear, hear me. Listen. Your faith doesn't always mean you win on this side. Well, I had faith. Keep having faith. We're looking at life through these 70 to 80 years and we think, this is all of it. But God says, no, this is just like one day. And we're so given to stuff and to things and to relationships and feelings and emotions. And in our faith, if we don't see that emotional level rise and what we think should be our breakthrough and our deliverance and, 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 and all these things that the Western world has propped us up to believe it to be, God failed us. Your faith... Maybe what gets you to the other side where there's true victory. Death. This is what your Bible says right here. Through faith. Watch it. Through faith. Continuing the fault of verse 33. Through faith, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. That in the midst of having a sphere literally thrust through their side, fingernails torn off, being burned at the stake, put in hot boiling oil, being stretched and sawn in two, wrapped in sheep's clothing, and put in the Roman Colosseum, while lions and wolves were released to dismember Every single limb on their body. The Western prosperity teaching would tell you that is of the devil. You did not have enough, enough faith. But the New Testament teaching is sometimes we're going to be put in situations where the, listen, that the end game is a lost job. That the end game is that you get excommunicated from your community. Are they made? kill you.
Where is God in this? We want to say in the Western church, where is God? We, we said that he'll always deliver us. He's my deliverer. There's where Psalm 91 come into effect. You can't take Psalm 91 out of this context and just apply it to every facet of your life. Missionary, being accosted, arrested. He's the gatekeeper of a nation. He doesn't know this. They don't know this, but God needs blood. I'm going to say it again. God needs blood. If you're a student of church history, anytime there was an absence of persecution, the church backslid. The church got comfortable. The church got complacent. The church became spoiled. The church became entitled. But anywhere in society where there is now persecution and bloodshed and people dying for their faith, the church explodes. Now, I'm not running to volunteer for that. The gospel came because of shed blood. A missionary over a new continent, or not a new continent, but a new nation, and that nation hasn't heard the gospel. Maybe he's in a village. Maybe he's somewhere where they—they're cannibals. Perhaps they—they are—they—they—they they, they just are just woodsmen, and they're just back there deep into the jungle. And a missionary comes. And sheds blood. And they kill him. They disfigure him. And mail all of his parts. To his missionary agency. He did not die in vain. <laughs> he died in faith. For he adopted the mindset of the Apostle Paul, whether by life or by death, may God be glorified in my body. My body is no longer my own, but it belongs to him. I have been bought with the price. I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Whatever he desires of me, wherever he needs to take me and place me, God, my, my, my life is a yes to you. If it means that I have to die, then I'll die. Does this make sense to anyone? I know this is kind of morbid at this point, but it's going to get better. Maybe. Do you hear what I'm saying? My expected end may be coming out of it alive, but God may say, I need you right here. And I need your sacrifice. Would you give it to me? Because as soon as this happens, There'll be other missionaries around the world that will hear your story. And instead of running from the fight, they will run to the fight. And be willing to lay it all down so that the Lamb of God may receive the full reward of his suffering. I said, may the Lamb of God receive the full reward of his suffering. This is what I'm talking about. This is the mindset. This is the faith that we have to have to subdue kingdoms. 
that there will be some that will be lost along the way. But their loss is their gain. They've gone from glory to glory. What they're experiencing now is not to be compared to the glory that their eyes are now beholding. And because we don't know, we, are, we, we, we break down and cry and mourn and sorrow, which is all natural, which is all good. But can you imagine if we saw what they saw or we begin to see what they are seeing at this very moment, then we go, dear Lord God, I'm next. But we're attached to the world. We're attached to the leather seats. We're attached to Netflix. We're attached to all the entertainment to pump up our flesh. And we think that anything worth of sacrifice is anti-Christian because God wants me happy. Good teaching, yes. No, God doesn't want you happy. He wants you full of faith. And sometimes faith will make you walk right into where the bullets are flying. Oh, dear Lord. I, 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 I know I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. Look at what it says. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. They might attain a what? A better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings. Yes, and of chains, imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. What kind of temptation? If you'll denounce him, if you'll recant, if you'll just draw back, if you'll just pump the brakes a little bit, if you just wouldn't be so radical, if you wouldn't be that extreme. They were stoned, they were sown in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. Wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Guys, listen to what the word of God is saying. The measure of your faith is not how many possessions you and I have. It is, you listen, the, the, the measure, the depth of your faith is not about how much comfort we're living in. I'm believing God for a, a six-figure job. I'm believing God for a brand new home. I'm believing God that I'll never go through a struggle and a problem in my life. Our version is so distanced from that version right there. And I want you to be blessed. I want you to have a six-figure job. I want you to have multiple cars. I want you to have multiple houses. But why not use our faith together, collectively? Not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of the kingdom of God. When we stand before him, hey, show me what you believe me for. Well, Lord, you know I was believing. You know I had that ingrown toenail. I really needed that taken care of. And thank God, Lord, you gave me that victory over that ingrown toenail. Okay, what else? Well, I, rem I remember uh, um, my, my daughter had uh, um, a job interview one day. And you came through. And it was all about the things we lined up. To benefit us. To make our life more pleasure uh, pleasurable. More successful more peaceful, more comfortable. 
But what about this congregation subduing, subduing a kingdom? What if we decided to subdue a kingdom? What, what, one, what type of faith and level of faith would we need to have? And two, are you willing to do hand-to-hand -hand combat when the kingdom turns and says, what are you doing messing with me? Well, if it was God, we wouldn't be feeling this. If it was God, we wouldn't be going through this. No, it may be God. That's the reason we're going through it. Now, y'all know, a few weeks ago, I was talking about Dawson County High School. Y'all remember that? And I saw in a vision right here in worship, our high school, underneath a cloud about three quarters of a mile high to a mile high, and it, it was like a square over the entire footprint of Dawson County High School. And I see these storm clouds, dark, billowing about and lightning going on and the wind this way and that way. And I would, I would see bodies coming up into like a, a tornado vortex. It was like just being sucked up in there, tossed about like paper in a windstorm, just everywhere, and then discarded. I can't get that out of my mind. Because here's what I know about all those students at Dawson County High School. They are good kids for the most part. And I say good, not in, not in the sense that I know, the, don't send me, I know the Bible says none of us are good. I understand that. But they're good kids. I didn't say righteous. Full of the Holy Ghost, tongue-talking, perfect. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that. They're just good kids. They're our kids. There are people in our community. And those are good teachers. They're good administrators. Those are good people doing their best. They're frustrated. The teachers are frustrated. Not all of them, but a few, I'm sure. But what's happening over Dawson County High School is not physical, nor is it natural. Is spiritual. I heard with my own ears in this building from two teenagers that don't go to this church that attended the revival. And let me tell you a little bit what they said. They said there is a particular place in the school that teachers and administrators will not go to. Because in that room... They're doing and selling drugs and things of that nature. Now, listen, I, I know Dawson County News is going to ask me about this. I know some of you are going to tell your people, about is this true? And then all of a sudden, it's going to start this right here all throughout the city. I know that. I'm, I'm willing to take the risk, and I will not break confidence with anybody. I'm just repeating to you what I heard from two students that don't go to this church. That in the bathroom, they can get anything and everything they want. And they said, out of their own mouth, our administrators and teachers will not go there because they don't want to deal with it. Kids are going to school, not all of them, but many of them drunk and high. 
Now, am I mad at the kids? No, I'm not mad at the kids. I don't have an issue with the kids. But what I do have an issue with is the kingdom over the kids. I'm going I'm to say, I don't have an issue with the educational system. I don't have an issue with the administration. I don't have an issue with the, with the student. That's not my problem. My problem is there's a kingdom over. So what am I going to do about it? There was a reason. I'm sitting, I'm standing right here doing work, and I see this entire download in, in just a matter of a few seconds. I see it, and, and the Lord says, I need you to handle this. But the, now, watch it. now, typically the church's response, well, God's in control, he'll handle it. If he wants a breakthrough at the high school, it'll just happen. Now, we know different. We know better. Through faith. Through faith. Not God acting alone. Through faith, God moved. Through faith. Through faith. I'm ready for the pushback. I'm ready for whatever they have to say, whoever has to say it. I'm ready for that. Faith and blood. Faith and blood. I, I just think we need to be a positive influence on the community. I, I think we just need to stay in our lane. I think, listen, you're going to stir up the devil's nest. You go over there poking on that. You just need, just, just focus, just do, just, just preach the word, preacher. Now, I live in this community. Because I know in that high school are our future leaders. Some of the most intelligent, some of the, most, the, the brightest young people, and some of those teachers are the greatest educators. They've given their life and poured out their life to help others learn to read and to write. Oh, now talk to me in this place, how to think properly. And now there's this dark cloud over that school and I'm supposed to act like it doesn't exist and hope that somehow God will from my private area. No, God says, I need you to go toe to toe with this thing. I need you to go face to face with it. I need you to, I need, I need, listen to this. I need that dark cloud to fill your breath. Oh, you missed it. A metaphor, getting so close to the darkness, not with an attitude, but in faith. Devil, this far and no more. We are taking back everything and every inch of ground that you've gained because of the church being lazy indifferent and trying to placate feelings. We are now coming with the rod of the word of God, a rod of righteousness and the sword of the spirit. And we're going to dismantle if necessary, piece by piece, every stronghold, every embedded devil in this region. We are coming against it and you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's war. I'm not here to live a peaceful, uneventful, uninspiring life. You wrestle not with flesh and blood, 
but with principalities and powers. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God. Now watch this. For thee. Who's pulling them down? Not God. We're pulling them down. A good soldier, the Bible says, does not entangle himself with the affairs of this world. Wage the good fight of I'm releasing in this atmosphere. I'm releasing this in this atmosphere. Now, it may be scary for some of you. and I don't want to get, I don't want to get all called up in that. Okay, fine. Don't get all called up in it. Just bring us water. if I want that turmoil in my church. Oh, dear Lord, I don't want that turmoil in my life. You know, you know, that's fear. Where's the faith people in the house? Where's the, dear God, where are the giant slayers in the house? Where are the Jehoshaphats that'll stand toe-to-toe with three, three, three nations? Where are the people of God that will march around the city for seven days? Where's the Noahs in the room that will say, I'll build an ark even though I've never seen it rain a day in my life? And this church is not for everybody, but it could be. But there's a total paradigm shift that's got to go on in our mind that God's not only here to serve me, but what about my faith serving him? What about my life serving him? All right, stand your feet all over the room. Faith and blood, faith and blood, faith and blood, faith and blood, faith and blood. Faith and blood. Worship team, come up here very quickly. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to tell you, some of you, this may be you. I don't know why I'm going to throw this up. It's kind of breaking. But this is some of us today. Just pull that up. All right, that's it. We go into church our whole life, and and we just lay in eggs. All right? That may be a rooster. I know roosters don't lay in eggs. But you don't understand. We just kind of like, we just like, And the whole routine, I got I to gotta peck around on the dirt, barely survive, eat enough to get enough, whew, and that just comes out. This right here, it matters where you go to church. And listen to me. It matters where you go to church. But I'm telling you right now, this is, this is what I know. This is what I know. This is what I know. I'm gazing. I'm gazing at Dawson County High School right now. I'm gazing at it. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at any person. I'm not mad. I'm looking at the dark cloud. Dear God in heaven. I'm fixed. I'm not playing. I'm not here to build a church. I'm here to build an army. He never said to me, build me an audience. 
Build me a bunch of people that are attending your church. He said, build me an army I can use. Let me tell you something, guys. Over a thousand students in that high school, every one of them have a soul. At one point in the, in the, in the, in the in, at some time, they're going to die. Do you know the county, the county that has the largest number of suicides per ratio is Dawson County. How many young people are giving their, their bodies away? How many of them are giving their lives to drugs and alcohol, getting drunk to school, folks? They find no purpose. And here we are in revival and the whole world comes. And not one time has the Dawson County newspaper walked into these buildings and asked us what in the world is going on in this house. Shame on you. Shame on you. But media outlets all over the world. Can you call? We want to hear what God's doing. One restaurant made $15,000 in one day because of the North Georgia Revival Women. One restaurant. One restaurant. They said, thank you for sending your people. But here's what I'm going to tell you. I don't need their accolades. I don't need their support. I don't need an article. But there are people in this city that have no idea what God is doing in this church. And I know that's hard for you to believe, but it is true. But I'm declaring war over that cloud. I'm declaring war over that cloud. That cloud's bigger than me. But I got five stones. That cloud's defying the work of God in this house. I've got five stones. And I just may have a few of you with me. Pull that picture up, please. I'm not going to be intimidated. Man, I'm not. I'm not going to back down, Garrett. I'm not going to slow up. I'm not going to shut up. And I'm not going to stop. Because in that high school, you know. You, you know. Y'all know. There are people that will never make it to their 30s. But oh God, we will go. I'm not talking about physically. I can't go into the building. But we will go. We will send our young people in. We will cover them with prayer. We will battle on our knees until God moves. And the, and the cloud says, it's just too painful for me to remain here any longer. I come to torment them. Not people, but the cloud. The devil always, or Jesus, are you here to torment me before my time? I feel it. Karen, come here. I feel it. 
I know this is not right, but that's going to be me and you. Then our executive staff, our elders, and we're going to believe the best for those kids and those teachers. I want them to live and not die. I want them to find Jesus and to not perish and go to eternity without Christ. That's why that's our only motivation, not to get them to come to our church, but so that God can touch them. Out of Dawson County High School, we come missionaries and pastors and teachers and doctors and lawyers. There'll be more educators coming out of that school. They're going to get their right mind. They're not going to give themselves to drugs. They're not going to give themselves to alcohol. There's not going to have this sexual fluidity. They're not going to be confused about their gender. But in this place, in this region, God, in North Georgia, we call revival fire to change the culture of our entire area. Come on, let's lift our hands. Come on, come on, let's pray. Come on, let's pray right now. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Come on, pray in your prayer, pray, pray in your prayer language. Pray in tongues right now. Come on, church, we got a war. This is how we war. This is how we battle. Oh, come on, right now. Pray, 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 pray. Hey, come on, saints. Come on, right here.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Now watch this very carefully. I just, I just saw this in my spirit. There will be such an outbreak at Dawson County High School of the move of God. And I saw literally hundreds of them lined up to be baptized in those tanks right over there. I can't manufacture this. I can't make it happen. It'll be a work of God released through faith. We're subduing this kingdom. We're subduing it. I need you to lock arms with your neighbor, though. I need you, according to the book of, I think it is um, 2 Chronicles, 2 Samuel, that the soldiers knew how to keep rank. In other words, they didn't break rank. Everybody had a role and a specific job. And in wartime, every soldier knows, Tom, you know this, you've got to be trained so well that you know when the fog of war happens, you obey your last command and you do exactly what you were told. You don't break rank. You cannot face that big cloud and not have any repercussions, whether it be small or whether it be large. Come to the armory and get armored up, for we are at war. That's why tonight's so important. I got a, a Pastor Matt's here. He's in the middle of a war. I told you the figure that he has to raise. We're not going to raise an offering for him tonight. Don't panic. He's already got the cash. But if I told you the figure, it'd blow your mind what it's going to cost him to pull out. I need him to know that Christ Fellowship Church stands with him tonight. We pray at 5 o'clock. The only thing that's going to get rid of that cloud is not me yelling at it, complaining about it, because I do not wrestle with people, but with principalities and powers. Would you join me tonight? Get here early. Get into this altar and pray and seek the face of God. I believe it. There's a rumbling. 265 tonight. Make sure you're here for 5 o'clock prayer. Bring your kids. Bring your children. Let them begin to pray about what God's doing in the schools. 6 o'clock then immersions tonight. Can I bless you, Father? I thank you for the incredible day that you're giving us. I thank you that faith is high. Mountain moving faith. Fortify our people. May they anchor down. Some are not a part of this church yet. They'll join the ranks. They're coming. Reinforcements. Reinforcements. 
coming. And Lord, faith and blood. Faith and blood. Say it. Faith and blood. Again, faith and blood. One more time. Faith and blood. Lord, faith and blood. We'll do it. Our bodies are not our own. Be glorified. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you. I'll see you tonight at 5 o'clock for prayer. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord.